0: Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 in the beginning. He says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Notice this is the instruction of God. This is the way God designed marriage. And nobody else can change it. The world wants to try to change it, but they're not going to change it for the believer. They're not going to change it in the eyes of God. All right? So God says... Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. The word cleave there means to stick together like glue. Think about that. That's the relationship that God wants us to have, an uncommon commitment. Where the husband and the wife come together and they cleave together, they stick together like glue. I mean, things may try to pull them apart, but they just have a commitment, (coughs) we're glued together. Listen to me, I don't care how spiritual you are, I don't care how much you love God, there's gonna be some stormy days. Come on. There is a real devil out there, and he has a purpose to kill, steal, and destroy. Anything that God creates, Satan hates. Satan hates your marriage, he wants to try to destroy it. All right? So God says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife. Now, the world has a way and God has a way. The world's way is this. The world's way is step number one, find a husband or a wife. Go out looking, looking, looking. We got to find somebody. Find a husband or a wife. Step number two, let's fall. Let's fall in love. Step number three, just fix everything you have on this person, wrap everything up in this person. After all, you're my soulmate. You're my soul mate. And you fix my life and you make me happy and you fulfill all my dreams for me. Step number four. If failure occurs, get a new wife or a new husband and repeat steps number one, two, and three. That's the world's way. Let's look at God's way. God's way is step number one. Be the right person. Be a born-again believer. Someone who has a leader in their life, the Holy Spirit. He can lead me and guide me to my mate. Come on, somebody. As a born-again Christian, a follower of God, then I can bring something powerful to the relationship. I can bring life. I can, I'm not perfect, but I can bring some wholeness, some freedom to the relationship. Step number two, walk in love. See, love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. Love is not what you say. Love is what you do. So many times people say, well, I don't feel in love anymore so what again love is a choice it is not a feeling so step number two is you got it praise the lord bring it on i need some freedom thank you praise god is that working no Say yes. Okay, that's good. Thank you. All right. So, so walk in love. Walk. See, love is patient. Love is kind in the relationship. Love believes the best in the other person. Love covers a multitude of sins. That's the Bible way. Come on, somebody. So be the right person. Walk in love. Because how many know, if you go to a person and you think, okay, uh, I want you to fulfill my life. And I want you to fulfill all my dreams and all my hopes and make everything happen for me. And you make me happy. There's not a human on the planet that can do that. Come on, somebody. Only God can do that. People look for things in other people they cannot give them. Only God can give you those things. Amen? So we've got to get our focus back on God and doing things His way. Amen? So again, love is a choice. You you think about Jesus. You think about Jesus. When Jesus went to the cross, do, do you think... Jesus felt like going through the crucifixion. I would say absolutely not. He didn't feel like it. But listen to me. Love walked Him through it. Amen? Now, let's look at a scripture here that I believe will help us. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12 And verse 2, uncommon commitment. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, King James says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So the first thing we must do is every day get up looking unto Jesus. I'm not just looking to my mate, I'm looking to Jesus. Amen? Jesus is my wisdom. Jesus is my righteousness. Jesus is my sanctification. Jesus is my redeemer. Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my fixer. So he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, watch this, who for the joy that was set before him, there was something sitting out there. The joy that was set before him, it says, he endured the cross. The word endure means to bear up courageously. How did Jesus make it through the cross? How did Jesus make it through the crucifixion? He wasn't looking at the moment only. He wasn't looking at the day right now. He was looking forward. Jesus knew that after death, there was resurrection. Jesus knew it may be hard today. But it's going to be better tomorrow. Yes. Then it's going to be better the next day. Then it's going to be real good the next day. Yes. Because he knew he was three days away from the resurrection and the ascension back to the Father. Yes. That's what motivated him. What, how do we get through the tough times? We've got to have some motivation. Yes. Come on, isn't that right? we got to have some help. We've got to have something to push us on. Yes. Because right now today's hard. Today, they're acting a fool. (laughs) Let me get back to the Bible. (laughs) Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Think about that. Despising the shame. How many know that the crucifixion, was was the worst way to die. It was the most brutal, the most painful way to die. It was very shameful because it was so public. But it says he despised the shame. And the word despising there I thought was very interesting when I looked it up in the Greek. The word despising means to think against. It says that he despised the shame. He was thinking against the shame. He wasn't thinking about what was happening in the moment. He was thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow. He was thinking about the future. Amen? And that's what we've got to do. We've got to keep our eyes looking forward. Isn't that How many of you can't drive forward looking in the rearview mirror? You've got to focus on the future. Today may not be the best, but I believe. I believe. I believe your believing is what's going to get you forward, get you moving forward. Isn't that right? <clears throat> now, let's look at this in the Amplified. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, Amplified. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. How I many know oh, the enemy and the world, they want to bring up a lot of distractions? Things to distract us and get our focus on the wrong thing think about this the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin how many know when I when you got married your mate had issues the flaws that they have they still had the flaws when you married them you were in love and you wasn't looking at the flaws the flaws were still there you just wasn't focused on them isn't that right you were focused on the positive and the best but then over time, we let things change, and we change our focus. And we start to uncover. Amen. The amen goes right there. Amen. And we start doing. see, we've got to walk in love. Love covers a multitude of sin. They still had the flaw. Why are you looking at it now? Well, moving right along. Okay. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus, who is the leader jesus is the leader you you see i have to have jesus as my leader nancy has to have jesus as her leader come on somebody jesus is the leader and the source of our faith giving the first incentive for our belief and is also the finisher bringing it to maturity and perfection for perfection he For the joy of obtaining the prize. In your marriage, if you're having a a bumpy day, a bumpy week, think about it. There's a prize. What's the prize? It's going to get better. We're going to get over this. We're going to get to the other side. It may be stormy right now, but Jesus said we're going to the other side. So I'm going to believe and declare we're going to the other side. This is not the end. So he says, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, he endured the cross. He bared up courageously under the pain, the pressure, the ridicule, despising and ignoring the shame. And is now set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. He was victorious. Amen. Amen. Now, we're here in Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, Let's look at this. Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to go back and read verses 1 through 3 from the message translation. Now, this will really help us if we'll really focus on this. He says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way. So the writer of Hebrews, he's reminding us of something. He says, think about this. You may be going through some tough times right now, but think about this. All those that are already gone to heaven, what about what about Moses? What about Joshua? What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? All these great heroes of faith, they're already in heaven. They're in the grandstands of heaven. They're watching us, and they're cheering us on. They don't want us to quit and throw in the towel. He says, do you see what this means? All those pioneers who blaze who blazed the way, all those veterans cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. Keep your eyes on Jesus. That's the key to life. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished. He began and finished this race we're in. He began and finished. That's the deal. Listen to me. I, listen to me. I'd rather you tell me. You ever had people do this? Well, I, I started 50 things this year. Really? I want to know how many of you finished. I started 50 things this year. How many? You, none. I'd rather say I started two things this year and I finished two things. Isn't that right? Starting is not the deal. Finishing is the deal. Are you a finisher? <clears throat> so it says, keep your eyes on Jesus. See, that's how you finish. If you just keep your eyes on Jesus. Right here, I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. Be, be like the, uh, uh, remember the, the horse and, and the wagon? When they had the horse in the wagon, they would put those little things on the side of their blinders so the horse couldn't look left or right to, keep, to help keep the, the horse focused straight ahead. That's what we need. We need those things on us. People says this. The world says this. Friends say this. Everybody says this. Whatever, whatever. <coughs> I'm just staying focused on Jesus because <coughs> I'm going to finish my race. I'm determined. I'm going to let God. All right? So he says... <coughs> Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Watch this. Watch this. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. Wow. (laughs) At the end there, it says he could put up with anything along the way. He could put up with anything along the way. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there. Praise God. Now he's there. See, see, we've got to have uncommon commitment. Uncommon commitment. We can put up with whatever comes our way. God strengthening us. God helping us. See, in marriage, if we serve God, God's going to help us. We're not in this thing by ourselves, trying to figure it out by ourselves, trying to, trying to overcome in our own strength. Amen? Was that all of it? Okay. He says, in the place of honor, right alongside God. Now, watch, this is so cool. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, when you find yourself flagging in your faith I had to look that word up flagging means weak when you find yourself weak in your faith how many know that can happen that can happen but here's the deal what do we do about it there is a solution there is some help when you find yourself weak in your faith go over that story again (laughs) come on come on Go over the story again. Oh, oh, tell me the story again about David and Goliath. I heard it once. Tell it to me again. Tell me the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They got thrown in the fiery furnace and God delivered them. God got in the fire with them and and did a little two-step with them. Tell me the story again about how that Moses hit a rock. In the desert, and water come pouring out of a rock, and fed over a, and, and and gave over a million people drink. Tell me the story again. My my face weak. Tell me the story again. Tell me this. That's how you do it. <clears throat> Go over the story again. Item by item. Think about that. That long litany, the word litany, another word for litany means list. That long list of hostility, he plowed through. He plowed through. He plowed through. Anybody ever plowed before? I I never have. I'm too young. See, I'm too young for that. I, I never plowed before. I've seen them do it on TV. It looks like hard work. You got this horse, you got this plow, you got the thing around you, the, 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 the reins around your neck, and you're plowing through as hard. Hey, relationships are not always easy. Come on, somebody, they're not always easy. Look at this couple right here, this couple right here, Alan and Julie. They've been married for 40 years, 40 years and have 10 kids. Some of y'all didn't even know that, did you? 40 years and 10 kids. That is uncommon commitment. Come on, somebody. They're empty nesters now. Their last one just got married a week or so ago. (laughs) But see, you've got to plow through it in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's easy to quit, it's easy to throw in the towel, it's easy to say, let's get another one. I know a a couple, this man. And uh, this has been many, many years ago. And this man, he he wanted me to come do a job for him. So they hired me and I went and did a job for him. It was out of state. And they said, you can live with us. And so would you do this work for us? And I said, okay. So I agreed. So they paid me so much a week and they they, uh, uh, gave me all my meals free. Well, every night we would sit down and eat supper together. Every night we'd eat supper together. And this man would gripe every night about the meal. He griped. Always something wrong with it. Wasn't fixed right. Wasn't seasoned right. Wasn't this, wasn't that. He griped every night. But she she cooked every night, and he griped every night. Now, this is no joke. This is hard to believe, okay? But this is no joke. They all told me the story. He told me the story. This was wife number 10 for this man. The man's been married 10 times. Yeah, brain damage. I'm telling you, who would want to marry him? Yeah. Dear Lord. <clears throat> but, but now, how many can see why he's been married 10 times? Right. He don't have any sense. <laughs> he don't know how to treat That's right. a wife. That's exactly right. Amen? Amen? <clears throat> <laughs> you know, well, let me get back to this. All right, so he says, so he says, item by item. See, I'm teaching us how to get through life. Not just marriage, but life. He plowed through. He plowed through. He plowed through. You know, now, now my day, we have a tiller. Anybody got a tiller, ever had a tiller? Yes, we got a tiller. I have to run the tiller. My parents had a garden. I hated gardens because they were work, man. I didn't, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not against work, but I just didn't, I just didn't get into a garden, you know. Every day I have to come home and, and till the garden or, or, or plant or whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> now notice what he says. Plow through, plow through, plow through. Everybody say plow through. plow through. Watch this last line. Isn't that so cool? That will shoot adrenaline into your soul. Come on. Huh? Hearing that story yes. one more time. Tell me the story one more time. Tell me about victory one more time, yes. and I'll get it, and it'll inspire my faith. See, see, that's the same as Romans 10 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. <clears throat> that's right. That's right. Amen. Right. If a relationship is going to succeed, it must have commitment. Right. It must have hang in their power. Right. I was talking to the chapmans, they've been married 47 years. Right. 47 years. Isn't that cool? How I many that takes commitment? Right. Amen. Praise God. All right. Now, we're in Hebrews chapter 12. I want us to look at Hebrews chapter 13. One chapter over. And let's look at verse 5. I want us to see something here. Because again, remember, the world says, first little bump in the road, trade them in. God says, this is a commitment. God says, marriage is a covenant. And God says, you're in it till you die. That's right. Death is the only way out. Right. Oh, now watch this. <clears throat> Commitment. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, King James. <clears throat> Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he, that's God, God hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Yep. Isn't that so awesome? God said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Listen to me. It don't matter. If you're good, God's with me. If you're bad, God is still with me. Listen to me. I can do bad all by myself. And God is still with me. When I'm good and when I'm bad. Doesn't that bring comfort to you? Doesn't that encourage us to know even though we are going to make mistakes, we do fall? <clears throat> yeah. You know, as, as I often say, a, a Christian is still, still going to sin. But now when I sin, it's by accident. It's not something that I should be doing on purpose. It's not premeditated, right? But I am human. I'm not perfect. I still sin. The word sin means to miss the mark. This is the mark, the standard, God's word. So sometimes I, I sin, I miss the mark. But thank God for 1 John 1, 9, I can get forgiveness. But here's the deal. God said, he's committed to me. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Wow. So listen to me. God does that for us. It brings us such assurance. We need to carry that into our relationships. And let our mates know, I've got your back. I'm here forever. If you fumbled the ball, I'm right here. Amen. Now, I wrote this down, and I want to make sure, I want to say it exactly the way I wrote it. Commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do. Long after the mood you set it in has gone. Boy, it sure is quiet in here. Commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do. Long after the mood you set it in has left you. <clears throat> Nancy and I, we've been married 33 years. <clears throat> awesome. We met in church. I started a church. Our first Sunday morning we had service. Uh, uh, the, the Sunday night we had service. Our midweek was on a, a Thursday night instead of a Wednesday night. The first midweek service, Nancy came to church. That's how we met. She started coming to my church. We've been married 33 years. <clears throat> We've been pastoring for 33 years. How about a little while? It is. Right? 33 years. I've, I've been doing this for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. It's not my first rodeo. Yeah. Yeah. So I can speak to this subject. Yeah. All right? <clears throat> in my experience in pastoral ministry of over 30 years, the number one reason people get divorced people have marital problems is because of selfishness and pride. I want my way. I want what I want. I want this. Listen to me, folks. We're supposed to walk in love. We're supposed to love our, our, our husband and our wife. We're supposed to be working on blessing them, encouraging them, helping them, meeting their needs. You know, I I had a couple, tell me one time, the, the woman, <clears throat> she got married again, and so she had, she had children from her first marriage. The man had children from his first marriage, so they married together, so they blend the family. Well, that's all good. Well, she said the husband, when, what he would do is, after he got off work, he'd go buy fast food or go by somewhere and get himself something to eat for supper. But he wouldn't get nobody else in the family nothing to eat. Who raised you? You know? Right. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Wow. <clears throat> now, let me tell you a positive. I have some friends, <clears throat> and uh, their son was a pastor in the mission, and, and, and he died. He's gone on to be with the Lord. But his mom and dad were still friends together t- today, they live in Dothan, Alabama. Uh, they, they, they're in their late 70s, okay? Now, they don't act like they're very active and, and very energetic, very healthy. Well, anyway, they've been married over 50 years, got to be, over 50 years, okay? Well, they asked, Brother Don and I, one time, they have, a, uh, they have a, um, a summer home in the Smoky Mountains. Well, they asked us if we would come there and paint the outside of their house for them one time. <clears throat> so they said, you'll be glad to. So we did that. So we go there to paint their house. Well, we're staying with them. So they're there for us, with us for the week. We have our own uh, bedrooms and own bathrooms. Well, uh, every morning she'd cook breakfast. Okay? Now, she cooks breakfast and so she's already there cooking breakfast when we come down. So we notice this after several days we come down. Every time, <clears throat> every time we come down there she's fully dressed and got all her makeup on. She's ready for the day. Okay? Ready for the day. I do mean, know, most of the time you come down, you got your pajamas on, you know, and your, and your robe on. You know, it's, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. This woman, been married over 50 years, <clears throat> she comes down, she's fully dressed for the day, got her jewelry on, got her makeup on. Well, after a little while, me and Brother Don noticed that, so we asked her about it. said, why do you do that? You know what she said? She said, because I want to look good for my husband. Wow. Now you can see why they've been married for over 50 years. See, it's the little things, people. It's the little things. <clears throat> Find out what your wife likes or your husband likes and give that to them. That's right. Don't just be thinking about me. I like <clears throat> I like to make Nancy happy. <clears throat> do they like coffee or not? How do they like their coffee? Nancy's not a big coffee drinker. When we first got married, she drank coffee all the time. After she had our first baby, Tiffany, for some reason she just... Had no desire for coffee anymore. She hardly ever drinks coffee. But if she does, she wants some sugar and some cream in her coffee. Okay? She drinks Dr. Pepper. A lot of times we eat out. A lot of times. We get to the restaurant. If I get there first, first thing I do, I order her something to drink. Tea. And she likes water with lemon, so water with lemon. So when she gets there, it's already there waiting for her. Why should she have to get there? I'm already there. I'm already there. Then she's got to get there, and then she's got to wait longer to get something to drink. When I could just help her. Come on, somebody. I can tell you what size shoes she wears. I can tell you what size clothes she wears. <clears throat> um, um, oh, one time, one time she, um, there was right here at Rocket Lube, there was a, uh, a Tahoe, a white Tahoe that was there for sale on the side. Well, she happened to pass by there, and she said, I like that Tahoe. Well, another day she said, I'd like to have that Tahoe. I went and bought it for her the next day. The next day, it was at our house. All she said was she wanted it. Then then she drove that for a while. Then one day she decided she wanted a Mustang. For some reason, she wanted a Mustang. Well, she kept talking about it. She said she wanted a Mustang convertible. Well, what am I doing? I'm on the search for a Mustang convertible. Found one at Hickson Ford. Jonathan, Amy, y'all remember that? Me, Jonathan, Amy, we went there and and, and did all the thing. And it was <clears throat> late into the night, so we got it and drove it home. Come on, here, here you go. Can you bring the picture up of the car? Let them work on that. So so then <clears throat> you know she's always said that um, uh, the Nissan three hundred and seventy Z is her dream car. Well, how many of you used to make the 240Z and the 260Z, the 280, and then the 300? Well, then they quit for a while. Then they come back with the 350Z. So then they come with the 370Z. So for our 30th wedding anniversary, look at there. So for our 30th wedding anniversary, she went out of town on a trip with some ladies to a church function. Was you there? Yeah, I told, nobody knew it, I told the church and I forgot about they could watch on Facebook and she was out of town, but at any rate, so she wanted that. So that's what I had for her when she got home in the driveway for our 30th wedding anniversary. Well, now she's a grandmother, so she needs a four-door, so I already got something in mind, I'm working a deal right now for her next one, okay? She's my wife, I want to make her happy, if she's happy, that makes me happy, Okay, now, now I'll say this right here. Um, uh, this is, this is um, I'm not necessarily have a scripture for this. Okay, not necessarily have a scripture, for this, but I, I tell you what, if you give me a minute, I could probably find one. Okay, for this day, but if you give me a minute, I'll probably find one. But I don't believe in this baloney, and, and you can think different, you can think different. I don't believe in this baloney. Well, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Forget that junk. I should get to be happy too. Everybody should be happy. Come on, somebody. Everybody should be happy. And and see, we have to watch that in our relationships. We try to manipulate the other person and control the other person and do this or that to get our way. No, it's all about loving each other and helping each other and encouraging each other and blessing each other. All right, we can go back to Scripture now. Uh, Anyway. Now, let me just give you this one scripture, and I'll close with this. I'll close with this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, from the Amplified. This is another way for victory. Listen, we record this on CD. If you want the tape, you can get the tapes. They're free. Also, he'll put it on the the website. You can go back and watch this again, because you need to go back and watch this series again and take notes. Amen. Amen? This is how you can face life and also marriage, all right? Paul says this, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, this is the Amplified Bible. And so, you know, if you're going to get another translation, I recommend the Amplified. Get a King James and get an Amplified. I use a lot of different ones just, you know, for study. You can also get a King James and an Amplified, I think, parallel, side by side, okay? So that's very helpful. But watch this. Paul says this. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. See, there again, I'm not in this by myself. we got to get that revelation. I'm not in this by myself. Jesus Christ lives big on the inside of me. He will empower me. It's called faith. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is such a powerful statement. If... If you always feel the presence of God, you won't need faith. Think about that. If you always feel the presence of God, you won't need faith. What about the rocky times, the bumpy times? You think, well, where's God? I don't feel God. Where is He? That's when you got to have faith. Huh? He said He'll never leave you nor forsake me. So I may be going through a bumpy time and I may not can feel him, but he said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. So he's right here in my trouble. He's right here in my mess to deliver me. Amen. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. I just, uh, so many, so many things. Uh, watch this. Just, just hold that right there. Watch this. Watch this. Psalms 18, <clears throat> 16 through 19. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighteth in me. Read that every day. You can't can't be depressed and read that every day. Come on. You can't be sad and read this every day. He said, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything. I am ready for anything. That should be your attitude when you get up every day. I'm ready for anything. I'm equal to anything through him, through him, through him who infuses inner strength into me. See, it's not these muscles. huh? It's these muscles, faith muscles, spiritual things on the inside that's going to make a difference. I am ready for anything equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency is that good? Boy, oh, live by that scripture every day. Every day, every day. Amen? Praise God. All right, let's all stand. Uncommon commitments. Uncommon commitments. Uncommon commitments to God first, to your husband, your wife second. Amen? Praise the Lord. Anybody here this morning need prayer for anything? Be glad to pray for you. <clears throat> Hallelujah, if you want to come, we can lay hands on you, pray for you, minister to you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray for Ms. Terry's son. It was his blood pressure, blood sugar. His blood sugar was going real high and low, and he's in the hospital, and uh, he's doing better. But uh, we want to continue to pray for him. Amen. Pray for Rufus. I want to pray for him. Brother Chapman, you got something? Or are you just waving at me? You just waving at me. Okay. Praise the Lord. All right. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I'm going to close in prayer. And then uh, Jonathan's going to come and we're going to take communion together and receive our offering today. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you for every person that's in this room today. Lord, we just lift up Rufus and we lift up Miss Terry's son before you. Father God, I thank you for Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 that declares to us that by his stripes we are the healed. Jesus has paid the price for our healing to make us whole physically. And so, Father, we just pray and believe for healing for their bodies, speedy recoveries for their life in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for every person that's in this room today. Lord, for our marriages, that they would be strengthened. They would be strengthened by the power of God. And that, Lord, something was said today to stir us up, to make us better. Not that we sit and think, well, they need to be better. No, make us better, Father. Work on us. We're going to let God do something big in our life. And so Father, we just receive it right now by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.